This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda, our podcast, spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, Dr. Deepak Chopra, best-selling author, world-renowned speaker, and spiritual teacher. His latest book, Super Gene, which he wrote with Rudolf Tanzi, uh, who is a professor of neurology at Harvard. Uh, also, I wanted to mention his new website, jiyo.com, which we'll talk about later. Uh, Dr. Chopra, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on with us today. Sure, sure, Dennis. Thank you. Uh, Deepak, you've, you've been known for a few decades now as uh, a spiritual teacher and, and leader and a, uh, mainly as a proponent of, of the Indian uh, heritage of Vedanta and yoga. And, and now this uh, new book is about uh, genes and latest uh, uh, research in genetics. Um, can you, is there a connection between Deepak, the spiritual teacher, and the uh, super genes? Yes, there is. I mean, um, you know, your genes are the record of memory. So 65% of your genes are the same as a banana, and 80% are the same as a mouse, 70% are the same as um, a fruit fly, 98.6% are the same as a monkey. As you... Um, uh, develop in the womb through the process of embryogenesis, you recall the entire evolutionary history of life on this planet, starting with the first living organisms. So your genes have the memory of evolution. The actual atoms that make up your genes were forged in the crucible of burning supernova. So, in fact, your genes have... Um, a record of cosmic history as well, and evolutionary history. And then, of course, they have, um, now with epigenetics, they have the history of, um, of um, your ancestors, including their um, psychological and emotional experiences. So I'm very interested in uh, where is memory, and any neuroscientist will tell you that um, while the brain goes into activity, when you recall a memory, no one's ever found a trace of cellular memory in the brain or in a physical object or in a gene. So, uh, you know, we have chapters in this book on conscious evolution, but also in our previous book, which I wrote with Rudy also, who's a neuroscientist, as you just heard, and a geneticist, no one knows where uh, in the brain, if at all, memory is stored as a chemical trace. So as you know, in the traditions of Vedanta and the East, memory and karma and desire, vasanas and sanskaras, are basically part of your soul. Or if you don't want to use the word soul, your core consciousness, which is not in space-time, in the Akashic field. And Rudy's open to these ideas. Rudy's also open to the idea of our directing our own evolution consciously, something that uh, Sri Aurobindo had talked about. And I should add that I don't believe that the brain or genes uh, have either memory or the brain is a product of consciousness. I mean, uh, the brain produces consciousness as many 
physicalists believe, the brain is a perceptual object, has no privileged position over a piece of rock. Uh, they're both perceived in the same way, and modern science is still unable to explain how we have any experience, mental or perceptual. And the brain is a perceptual object, just m as much as a rock is. But um, it has some special properties. It's a qualia arrangement that if you kind of interfere with that qualia arrangement with other qualia, then you see a shift in experience or with drugs or with anesthesia, which kind of mis is frequently misinterpreted as the brain being the source of consciousness rather than the brain being a process, an image of what's happening in consciousness. So these are hard problems to address, which physicalists cannot address, and I was careful to tackle them only in the last portion of the book. In Superbrain, we talked about um, the reality illusion, which addresses the whole idea of Maya. And um, in this book, we talk about can conscious evolution, which addresses basically and challenges traditional Darwin's evolution model. Uh, Dr. Chopra, I I your book points out your belief I I that uh, our genes don't determine who we are. That uh, we we have a, a we we're dealt a, a deck of cards, and and in your your book, uh, you give points on how we can play those cards. Um, how, what are some of the things you would advice you would give to people in terms of not feeling okay? I'm predetermined by my genes, my by my ancestors, but uh, I I can have a big impact on those genes and, and how uh, and what the outcomes are and what I become. Well, we have done studies at the center with uh, Harvard and other institutions, UCSF, etc., where in one week of meditation that involves mantra meditation and self-reflection and body awareness and some elements of vipassana, and you can change your gene expression. All the genes that are responsible for self-regulation and healing, they go up in their activity sometimes 17-fold over baseline, the genes that cause um, inflammation and predispose you to Alzheimer's, heart disease, diabetes, and many other chronic illnesses go down significantly. Furthermore, the level of the enzyme telomerase, which controls your biological clock at the genetic level, goes up by 40%. Now, we've replicated these studies, and many institutions are involved it shows very clearly that states of consciousness determine states of biology and gene expression. That's fascinating. Uh, Deepak, I can uh, assume that scientists, people in, in biology in this case, would uh, not find what you just said particularly uh, challenging. but. The part that you you mentioned earlier, this whole notion of what consciousness is and um, whether it's an epiphenomenon of the brain or exists prior or outside of uh, the, the neurophysiology of the brain or consciousness is, is primal, that's a, a different pill for them to swallow. How have those notions... Uh, been received 
in the scientific community? Has there been any change in the in the last couple of decades? Well, uh, yes and no. Most scientists still believe that consciousness is an epiphenomenon of the brain. But you know, the brain is a perceptual object experienced exactly the same way as I said, as a rock. If you ask people where is experience happening right now, where is the experience of this conversation happening right now, uh, you can't find any evidence that it's happening in the brain because there's no sound in the brain and the vibrations of atmosphere that hit your eardrums also have no sound in them. And that's true of any experience. If you look at an object, what's coming at you is photons which have no dimensionality, no color. They send an electrical signal to your brain and you experience a three-dimensional world. So how does that happen? As you know, that's called the heart problem. No one can explain either a mental experience or a perceptual experience. It's a huge problem. And um, there's not even a theoretical um, basis for trying to answer that. So, um, you know, the only other alternative is to assume that consciousness is the fundamental ontological primitive and that everything else is an experience in consciousness. So that includes your body, your brain, your genes, and what you call the universe. Fundamentally, that's um, that's probably even an exaggeration because in the ultimate reality, the brain, body, and universe are interpretations of sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts that are generated in consciousness, experienced in consciousness, and subsided in consciousness. If you define consciousness as that in which all experience occurs, that in which all experience is known, and that out of which all experience is made. So sound is a modified form of consciousness. A color is a modified form of consciousness. A texture is a modified form of consciousness. Your body is a modified form of consciousness. Your mind is a modified form of consciousness. And what you call the universe is a modified form of consciousness. If you take that kind of approach, a top-down approach, then that's all there is. Consciousness and its excitation, Brahman and Brahman, the rest is interpretation. Mm. Right. Dr. Chopra, what's the and the difference between somebody who is in their own life and their own physiology um, utilizing or capturing or, or um, reflecting more consciousness than uh, another person, uh, what's the difference between those two instrumentations of human physiology, between somebody that's reflecting a lot, somebody that's reflecting less? And, and, and you've taught a lot of practical things. Uh, uh, you teach a lot of practical things to uh, develop that in people. What is the difference and what do you recommend in terms of developing greater consciousness? I think a daily practice that involves self-reflection. Who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? Who's asking the question? A practice of gratitude. Practice of gratitude for every breath that you take. Vipassana, a mantra meditation. All these are all very effective tools for both transcendence and also for insight into the nature of reality. I think um, the essential religious experience is transcendence, the emergence of platonic values like truth, goodness, beauty, harmony, love, compassion, joy, equanimity, and ultimately the loss of the fear of death because 
or while experience is in time, consciousness is not in time. And that is who we are. Fundamentally, we are consciousness, having intermittent experiences as sensation, images, and thoughts generated by us, experienced by us, and disappearing in us. And um, and that actually gives a lot of freedom uh, to uh, to enjoy life while not being attached to every experience. Deepak, I know you have uh, another obligation to go to soon, so mm-hmm. we don't have that much time. Um, I'm sure our listeners are curious about um, what you're passionate about these days in addition to super genes. Um, and uh, from what I could tell, you have a couple of projects. One is called GEO, and, and one is the, the Chopra Foundation. Which is yes, the the geo dot com j i y o dot com is a social platform to help people experience physical, emotional, and spiritual well being. It creates uh, uh, you know an ecosystem of people pursuing uh, similar emotional, spiritual goals and also physical health. And the foundation is doing all the research on epigenetics at the moment and on genetics and defects of meditation and also uh, looking at uh, as what we call the mind-brain duality as a, as a fundamental um, complementarity of a deeper reality or deeper consciousness. Um, we are also, I'm working with the physicist Menas Kafatos uh, to um, develop a model for um, for consciousness as a fundamental activity of the universe and prior to space-time and causality. Uh, together we are writing a book called You Are the Universe, Discovering Your Cosmic Self and Why That Matters, which is uh, directly kind of a, in a way, a translation of Aham Brahmasmi, mm. um, the universe and we're creating the physics and mathematics of it. Oh, interesting. And I gather the foundation is also doing a lot of work uh, with uh, prisoners and low-income people. As yeah, well. no, we're doing all of that, a lot of humanitarian mm-hmm. efforts, and we have a conference coming up in Los Angeles in uh, September 9th through 11th uh, called Sages and Scientists. We're br- bringing over that week, you know, those three days, some of the best minds in the world mm-hmm. tackle these questions regarding consciousness and also whether science is an adequate model to explore it. Dr. Chopra, what are some other research projects you see uh, in the next few years that are important to do to keep, uh, to keep your work going? We are looking uh, at, our, um, at our foundation. We have a program called Self-Directed Biological Transformation. You can go to the foundation website and see all the projects that are there currently and the projects planned in the future, including looking at uh, cancer survival, mm-hmm. some very practical things. But, you know, all based on the basic fundamental premise that consciousness is the ultimate reality. Very good. Uh, Deepak, do you have any uh, final words for our listeners? Any? I, I would recommend that they check out jio.com, J-I-Y-O.com, and also the Chopra Foundation.org website, and 
they can participate if they want in some of our projects. Right. I uh, will have it all posted up. their genes. Right. Uh, Dr. Chopra, I'd like to take one minute at the end here to thank you for something. Uh, yeah, several years ago when uh, you were just, you were pretty well known at the time in a couple of bestsellers, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was desperately looking huh. around for some alternative treatments and I remember calling your office, not knowing you, you not knowing me, and just expecting to speak to a nurse or somebody who might give me some information. Uh, you got right on the phone with me. You listened very attentively. Uh, you said, had me send all the information in, and uh, you sent me a beautiful letter back explaining what recommendations you had. So, and at the time, I thought, gee, I can't get my local doctor on the phone. But here it was, Deepak <laughs> Chopra got on with me. And I, I, from, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you. It meant so much uh, to me. Thank you very much. Time. Thank you. Uh, that means a lot to me. Thank you for reminding me of that. Thank you. Very good. Deepak, I hope Great to see you in so. September yeah. at that conference. Okay. Yes, me too. All right. We'll be in touch before that. Thank All right. you. Very good. Thank you so Thank much. You, All the best. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.